0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Victor's Corner. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, one half of the Codex Prime podcast, and it is Tuesday, December 1st, 2020. And I am joined uh, via the Zoom studios with uh, my good friend and a good friend of the show. Uh, You know him as the creator and author of the Hellion comic series. He's also the man of a thousand opinions. Ladies and gentlemen, party people, please give it up for Mr. Jim Savard. Welcome back, Jim.
1: Thank you much. I got all thousand opinions ready to go today.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, and uh, for our episode uh, tonight, we're going to be talking, talking all, all about horror and sci fi. You know, some of our favorite uh, favorite films uh, from both the genres. And, uh, you know, as, and for those who are in the, you know, watching this on Facebook Live, as you can see in my background, my Zoom background, I have The Lighthouse, you know, one of my favorite uh, psychological horror films uh, in recent years um let's see we also have a uh, nick quatrini in the chat he says hello jim and vic um kyle chapman is in the chat as well uh what's up people welcome aboard y'all so um enjoy this horror conversation and sci-fi conversation um but yeah jim um yeah how have things been on your end uh since we're now that we're almost wrapping up this pestilential year that is 2020
1: yeah it'll be great when it's over let me tell you mm. what a what a suck year um but, yeah, no, just work, work and, um, you know, start a new relationship. And the kids, Trevor's graduating next year. Awesome. So, so 21, yeah, he's, he's just wrapping up uh, um, his senior year. So he's halfway done. So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, keep, keep him busy.
0: Terrific. Awesome. And um, also, uh, Jim, I understand that you have a, a, a new issue of Hellion uh, out there for, for us to enjoy.
1: Yes, issue five uh, is out digital, and issue five um, hard copies will be out um, in the extreme near future. Like, they'll be available to order probably within a week. Awesome!
0: So, terrific. Yeah. And um, and for the digital release, is it available on like Comixology, Amazon? Um, where can we um,
1: You get it through my my uh, publisher, Quint Shaw he'll, He has a link. I'll 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 put the link on the Hellion page, and you can be able. I think it actually is on the Hellion page
0: how to get it oh so terrific awesome yeah i'll definitely pick up uh, uh my copy uh, as, as soon as soon as it hits to print um i i do have the first four issues um so yeah good man oh yes yeah i got us
1: you have you have good taste in comic books
0: oh thank you you know i you know i i, I do what i can you know i got to support uh great local artists out there you know good writers thank and whatnot. You. yeah and uh and yeah so you know as 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 you know as for me um i've been uh just been just been working catching up on movies and whatnot um also capitalized on some really really good uh black friday shopping deals online got some good movies- uh, coming my way via mail um uh, did you get any uh, uh black friday shopping done
1: no i worked i've i've worked uh, the last five days in a row, so I haven't done any but i was i was ahead of the curve i was i was shopping. I started in um, October, so I'm I'm almost done, Mm
0: -hmm. so thankfully. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I
1: I just couldn't – I didn't know when things were going to shut down, and I know last year when I was ordering a couple things off of Amazon Mm -hmm. in December, like December 8th, it was like just getting to me in time for Christmas. So Mm -hmm. this year I figure with everything that's going on, getting Christmas presents through Amazon this last month might be a challenge.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know, you know speaking of Amazon, you know, well part of me always feels a little l- little guilty for for shopping through Amazon, but at the same time it's like, you know, other other online retailers don't have as good deals price-wise. So it's like, you know, you, you got to make do with the devil, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, even even though like
1: like shopping at Walmart.
0: Yeah, even though I I don't shop at Walmart, you know, because, you know, I I'm I'm more of a Target guy. You know, and, and you know, contrary to what some might believe, you know, Walmart and Target—they're not one in the same. You know, they're not like a red and blue reskin of each other. No, Target is actually clean and, you know, you know, they 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 know how to keep a tidy place. Um right. Yeah, there, there is no people of Target website, but um, I am I am looking at the comments here. Uh, Kyle Chapman says, um, uh, good taste in comics horror tastes in pizza listen sir pineapple pineapple and ham goes well together it's like the peanut butter and jelly of pizzas you can have like pineapple and sausage or pineapple and pepperoni they both go together very well you mix that with some feta cheese or some goat cheese on that ah mwah. chef's kiss five star what what's up jim <laughs> uh, uh,
1: look what look, was look for supper oh oh oh, oh. ham bacon and sauce. oh no, I'm sorry, bacon pepperoni and sausage pizza, okay, all right, mm. so much better
0: right. a good good meat lover's pizza, you know you can actually you know add add a little pineapple to add some additional personality uh to it but but it's okay, it's all right um oh, and uh speaking of a uh, black friday shopping uh jim um uh I saw on Best Buy. That they had a really good deal for your favorite film of 2020, and I managed to pick up a copy, and it is, bam, Birds of oh. Prey, yes, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Got to get the whole title in there. I got the steelbook edition from Best Buy. It was only 14 bucks, well 15 bucks, and um, it comes with a 4K disc and the regular Blu-ray uh it's, it's it's such a treat you know people talk about oh, they're curious about you know watching the upcoming four hour you know justice League cut the Zack Snyder's justice League on h b o no we need a four hour cut of birds of prey. I want to know what went on with that with that egg sandwich that Harley Quinn enjoyed in the beginning beginning of the film we want we want the backstory on that so Yes. Hopefully DC can listen to me and we can get that four hour cut of Birds of Prey on HBO. The Justice League we don't we, we don't need more of that.
1: The bears protecting you.
0: <laughs> I
1: got nothing.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, it's 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 a it's a fun movie. I, I had to pick it up. I was like, you know what? You know what? I mean I mean it's it's it's, it's cheap, so I could probably, you know, get you a mail you a copy. You know, it's on four K for like, you know, eight bucks if you don't want the steel book, you know, add it to your, no, no, I-
1: I'm good,
0: thank you. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 what I picked up. Um, I got some other ones coming in uh, from uh, Warner Brothers, the uh, Warner Archive. They also have a good sale on some classic movies uh, from their catalog on Blu-ray. So that's coming in. The Pike. Um, I also got um The Irishman on the Criterion Collection. That's coming in. Martin Scorsese's newest film. Um, yeah, so it's it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, cool. Oh uh, uh, yes, uh, thank you, Nick Quattrini. He agrees with me. He says that that egg sandwich needs its own spin-off film. It certainly does. Wow. <laughs> but yes, uh yes, Jim. Um you ready to talk uh, talk shop about some of our favorite horror and sci-fi films? Sure. All right. Sure. So yeah, um, I figure you know we can kind of go back and forth. You know, I know I know at the before our, the start of our show I mentioned we can you know go as upwards as ten ten films go, kind of go back and forth. But well, you know we'll see where the you know when when takes us here. So um, since you're the guest uh, of honor, um, I'll have you start off with uh, your one of your favorite uh, horror sci-fi picks. All right.
1: So well we talked before the show um, about we, we we don't want to discuss franchises because franchises end up six, seven movies and it's, it's just too much. Mm. So I do, I do want to give out shout outs to some of my favorite franchises. Um, you know, Planet of the Apes, Star Trek, Star Wars, um, the Predators, Aliens, um, the Pitch Black series. Mm. And then for like horror, definitely the Hellraiser, um, the Halloween. It doesn't matter whether it's John Carpenter or Rob Zombie. I'm good. Uh, Jeepers Creepers Mm. and, um, Basically, we wouldn't have any of the horror without the Universal Monsters, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon is, is an all-time favorite. Oh, yeah. um, even even the Abbott and Costello horror movies are, are fun, but, um, you know, The Wolfman, Frankenstein, Invisible Man, Dracula, uh, The Mummy. Mm-hmm. So, um, with that being said, I give credit to those, and, and we don't need to, I don't want to just bury ourselves in franchises. Oh, yeah. So... Um, so I'm going to start with, um,
0: two, two
1: horror movies that are, uh, they're not, sim- they're well, they're similar because they're, um, what I call batshit crazy horror. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, crazy. Um, one is Dee Schneider's Strangeland. Uh, mm-hmm. Dee Schneider is a singer of Twisted Sister. Mm-hmm. And, um, when that album um stay hungry came out with we're not going to take it on it was a trilogy or i think it was a trilogy and it was a suite about captain howdy who was a child molester Hmm. so they he d schneider brought that movie to life that character to life but instead of being a child molester he kidnaps teenagers and he um pierces them he sews their mouths shut he puts the hooks in them and it, it is crazy. Mm. Um, there's a special guest in there, a Robert England mm. um, yeah. shows up better known as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, and then walking hand in hand with that is um, Rob Zombie's house of a thousand corpses, mm. which um, if you see that movie, it's just as disturbing as um, Strangeland. land. Um, you know, It it takes a lot for for like a horror story to really be scary nowadays because so many of them are like PG-13, and Mm. and I feel like horror movies need that R, and um, those two movies really do have that a hard R, Mm. and they're um, they leave you with an impression like they leave I almost scarred, um, for lack of a better term. It's like they definitely they definitely leave you um, feeling it. And um, they leave a mark. So I, I would start off with my Batshit Crazy Horror Award goes to uh, D. Schneider Strangely, which came out, I think it was like in the uh, early 2000s or late 90s. Mm-hmm. And then House of a Thousand Corpses.
0: Nice. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll, I'll definitely check those out. Um, you know, for me, um, uh, I've always been a fan of uh, body horror. And uh, for me, that the '80s was like the prime decade uh, for body horror, such as like you know David Cronenberg and John Carpenter. Uh, one of my favorite uh, horror films uh, in that respect, and, and also and it's also a sci-fi as well, is David Cronenberg's remake of *The Fly*, uh, the classic '86 uh, 1986 feature starring uh, Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. Um, man, and, and it has like uh, these. Oscar winning creature effects so you know when you see Jeff Goldblum you know when he gradually transforms into that grotesque human housefly hybrid and then his body starts to fall apart it takes like a pinkish hue and then like eventually like like his teeth falls out because he can't really digest food as a human anymore so he has to like vomit up this white white fluid to break down his food like a regular like a fly and then like and then uh it's 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 just it's it's just delicious to, to to watch when you see when you when you see like him going through like untold horror throughout the film and then of course like that ending too where which which i won't spoil but like that ending was definitely the chef's kiss you know when when his transformation takes on an even more horrifying form uh, at the right. end and yeah this was definitely an, an effective film like david cronenberg like when it comes to body horror like he knows how to really push the envelope like uh, whether it was this film the fly or scanners which he did a few years before um yeah it's a film that really that really stayed with me uh so yeah the fly uh, his remake i i definitely um champion is one of my favorites I still haven't seen the original uh film from the fifties but but I do want want to at some point um also in that same vein um another uh body horror film that I did do enjoy uh was, was another john Carpenter classic uh the thing uh oh. yep which is a, which is another another remake um yeah. like just the 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 body horror slash creature effects in that whereas like this parasite which can take the form of like all these take the form of like all of a human and you don't know who is the thing and then like that that creature effect where it has like this human face and like this huge like tentacle like neck thing which is fused to like this blob of like of like tendrils and it is it, it's, it's just it's it's just like pure nightmare fuel and man I I I enjoyed every bit of it, and especially like the the uh, the Scream Factory or Shout Factory's uh, uh, latest Steelbook release, which came out like a couple of years ago. It actually has like a restored print um, of the film, so like the all the all of the effects look even clearer, and yeah, it, it's definitely a treat to see. So yeah, the the Thing and the Fly those are two uh, horror films that really set the bar for body horror, and even though we don't see we rarely see body horror nowadays, but the eighties was like the prime decade for that. And those two films show why that, why that is.
1: Didn't, didn't Cronenberg do, um, video drone?
0: Uh, yes, he did. Yep.
1: That was, that was a messed up movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, um, yeah. Oh no. Um, yeah. I was going to say like, um, yeah. Video drone was a, was a, was a really, really messed up one, especially the end. I think he said like, a long live the new flesh, or something like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, definitely a crazy ass movie. Mm. Um, speaking of David Cronenberg, yep. um, one of my favorite horror movies by my favorite author, Clive Barker, is Nightbreed.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: And in Nightbreed, I don't know if you can see it. Um, yep. Right there, starring David Cronenberg.
0: Oh wow! Okay.
1: And he plays Buttonface, um, Decker. And this is um, this is one of the few. This I actually this is the director's cut. It only came out on Blu-ray, so I this is the first Blu-ray I ever bought in my life. Mm. Um, But um, this is one of the few movies I've seen in the theater like four times, and it was back in the '90s when I was in college, Mm. and um, I saw it four different times, and it was just unbelievable and you know there are a lot of monsters uh, a lot of special effects it's by the um it's from the book cabal and they made the movie Nightbreed. and if there was ever a movie that was screaming for a part two Mm -hmm. and never got it it's this movie right here um Mm -hmm. if you like monsters and you like that eerie um eerie feeling and the thing is the the monster's are like almost like underworld where the, you know the, the monsters are living amongst the people mm-hmm. these monsters they're not living with the people but they're like normal people mm-hmm. they have like their own little community and they all live together and um, it's got some people from Hill Street blues it's got Craig Sheffer he stars in it mm-hmm. and uh, Cronenberg. Is in it? It's just a wild movie, and I love it. Like I said, I'm a big Clyde Barker fan. Um, big influence in my life, and, and definitely, uh, Nightbreed was. I mean, I have the comics, I have the the book, I have the hardcover, the soft cover, I have this movie, but then I also have it on regular DVD. Um, yeah, I and I even have a T-shirt, and it's just it's got all sorts of interesting monsters, and just just to see the monsters Mm -hmm. visually they're so cool and there's a there's a compendium or a companion i'm sorry a companion and it explains all the monsters and it gives a little backstory that you don't get in the movie Mm -hmm. so it is a shame they never made another movie because it really deserves a conclusion Mm -hmm. it kind of just leaves you hanging like you're like "Ah!" and i'm still like "Ah!" so Mm.
0: okay Cool. So, okay, Nightbreed. All right. So it kind of ends in the, on, on a cliffhanger.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, well not so much a cliffhanger, not like, uh, like, oh, my God. But it leaves you like, well, how does the story end? Hmm. Tell me more. Victor, what happened to Carl? What did you do with Carl? I don't believe he took a sabbatical. I think you killed him and have him buried under the ground. Like, you know, it's like that kind of like, uh-huh. what? is going on what what come on give me more
0: uh ah, i got i, I got gotcha. you yeah and you and you know carl carl is in a safe place <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah right. i hear you man yeah something like the fly or the thing I, uh... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway uh yeah um okay nightbreed i'll i'll add that to my queue. um uh, you know, there's, an, there's another uh, good horror film, which also came out uh, in 1960, um, the same year as Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. And um, it's, it's interesting because, like, this film that came out alongside Psycho, you know, they they both were met with um, polar opposite reactions when they came out. Um, one film, you know, bolstered uh, one director's career, while the other one pretty much ended it. Um, and and this film is called Peeping Tom. Um, have you have you ever heard of it? Uh, it's a British. Why
1: is that? It sounds familiar, but I don't. Tell yeah. me about
0: it. Yeah, uh, Peeping Tom. It's a British. Uh, psych... it's a British horror film which came out in 1960, and it was directed by Michael Powell. Uh, Michael Powell he was uh, well famously one half of the uh, uh Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger duo known as the Archers they they directed such films as like you know the Red Shoes uh, Black Narcissus um what else Life and Death of Colonel Blimp and others and uh Peeping Tom was Michael Powell's um solo feature and it was an interesting film because it, it was about this uh photographer slash serial killer um his name was like Mark Lewis and uh Mark Lewis uh he was this guy who would take pictures of random women like and he would kind of like under the guise of like you know like a photo shoot like a model model photo shoot and like he would and he would use his tripod and extend a blade at the end of a tripod and then like he would capture the last real moments of fear uh, of, of his victims on his camera before before he kills them and uh and peeping t- and it was a it was a really salacious film at the time of its release because you know it was like oh it's like this about the serial killer who's stalking prostitutes and women and at the time like the you know audiences didn't didn't know how to take the film and they you know they reviled it and then like it it pretty much put an end to Michael Powell's co- directing career and it wasn't until like many many years later where where, where the film was you know revote re- was Reevaluated among critics and fans and it was like oh wait this film is a genuine classic and it also didn't help that the film came out at the, at the exact same year as psycho and you know psycho has like a a major place in, in horror film history and rightfully so right. but but peeping tom got got the short shrift but yeah peeping tom was a really good movie i mean i really like the way it was shot um because like there's like all these like point of view shots where you see like uh the main the main character mark lewis you know stalking his victims and you see like the the first-person view of like the camera lens and then like you see like um at the like lower lower left-hand corner of the screen like the extension of the tripod and the knife and the blade and then and how he starts like terrorizing his victims as a result like it was really interesting and um uh, you can you can you can find the film on dvd although like the dvd came out on the um, criterion Collection, like many many years ago, and it's it's now out of print, but I'm sure like you can find it like a at like a secondhand store or like a local library. But it's definitely worth watching. Uh, Peeping Tom, it's definitely an underrated feature. Um, and and I'm looking at the comments here. Uh, my friend uh, friend of the show John Hopanik, he says, "Geez, just watch a Disney movie." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. um...
1: Did you post that on on instagram peeping tom
0: uh no i, I have not mm-hmm. um I, I actually don't have the d v d um but i i think i've like
1: it's i've heard of it like recently that's why I was just wondering if you brought it up mm-hmm. but some – I know I've heard of that movie I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. I've definitely heard of it
0: well, yeah, it. yeah def, definitely uh definitely seek it out uh if you can because it's it's worth a watch
1: cool 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 um so speaking of seeking out um we're gonna we're gonna get back on my clive barker uh band bandwagon this is the 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 last clive barker movie i promise um that i'll go into great details about um he has a movie that came out it's like the second or third of his career as a director and he, he it's so bad he hates it and he tries to distance himself from it Mm-hmm. And it's a movie that I really, really, I love the short story and, and I wish they would remake it with with today's um, today's special effects. And I, I'm one that I, I, I prefer like the old school. Like I don't want to remake a Jaws because you can't. It's yeah. perfect the way it is. Um, I think some movies the old special effects are fine and it kind of adds character to it. Um, but I think some movies really beg to be upgraded. And, um, this is definitely a movie that needs to be upgraded. I had it on VHS and, um, a friend of mine, Mike Doherty found a bootleg copy on DVD for me. And, um, Much to my amazement, they actually redid it on DVD on Blu-ray, and I bought it. But one of my favorites is um, the infamous Rawhead Rex. I don't know if you can see it. I'm trying to get it closer, better. Um, I got a little shine. I don't know. Yep,
0: I see it. This
1: this monster is fantastic. Um, It's so cheesy. It's so bad, mm. but it's it's so so wonderful um, oh, like a creation, that. and I just wish they would um, redo it. The monster, when you see it, it is it is like Godzilla nineteen sixty fake. Like mm. you know, it's just a man in a costume. But um, the story is um, about this town in Ireland, England, in that Wales area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the beast is dead. It, it's, it's under this rock and this farmer doesn't know it. And it's been dead for generations. And like, I think it's in the history. They know that it lived there, but no one talks about it. And this farmer is pulling this rock. And at the right moment, lightning hits the rock and it revives the monster mm-hmm. and it starts wreaking havoc. And, the monster basically is – I don't want to give too much away, but um, it, it represents death, and it's death. And, um, the, the, you know, it fears but one thing. What's the one thing it fears is life. So without going into it, um, it's basically this guy's traveling, taking pictures of this area for a book he's doing, and he's the one. He stumbles across the monster and sees what's going on, and it affects him. But, um, it's a great story. It's just, you know, with only as only it's kind of like, um, only like kryptonite can kill Superman. It's like that one thing. And, um, it's just, it's cheesy horror in the movie, but the story is really good. And I think that if they made a new movie with, with a really modernized monster, Mm -hmm. that it would, uh, it would be awesome. Okay. So, it's 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 probably my favorite short story by Clyde Barker, if if not one of my three for sure. But it's definitely up there. Hmm. Okay. So, raw head wrecks.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And and I do like the the artwork that you show. It kind of has like a werewolf slash Bigfoot thing uh, going for it. And Dude, it was... if you if you look it up and and watch a preview of
1: it, you're gonna like the head is so fake it can't even turn. It's <laughs> it's so bad. Mm. um it, it's just but it's it's awesome mm. it's it's just like classic horror and like i said if they made it now i think it would be great
0: okay yeah so. yeah I, I dig it yeah I'll, yeah i'll definitely check that out okay cool and, and you know clive barker you know he's always he's always great with uh with horror as well like one of the yes. luminaries of the genre yeah um yeah you know that's also, um, I have another um, another interesting horror film um, coming from Sweden, and this actually was released back in 2008, um, and it had an American remake in 2010. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a very interesting uh, vampire film. It's called uh, Let the Right One In. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen no. it. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's a it's very interesting. Uh, Let the Right One In. It's um it's a film that. It's kind of like a slow burn, and it's and it's a unique take on the on the vampire uh, genre. And it's about this um, uh, it's a Swedish film, and it's, it's about this twelve year old boy named Oscar, and he's kind of like you know a loner. He's been like you know bullied and you know ostracized by by his peers, and um, and one night he meets this mysterious girl named named Ellie, and she's um she only comes out at night, and, uh, and he he soon realizes that she's a vampire um and you know she's you know she's living she's living with um with this man who she who we assume is her father but turns out that he's more of a familiar so he's basically like one of her one of her victims who got bitten and then he's forced to like serve serve her for like eternity and and throughout the film it's kind of like this like this built this rising tension and it's like character building it's like slow dread throughout the film because you're not sure where it's going and you're not sure you know how, where their relationship between Oscar and, and Ellie is going to go, because you, you're not sure if, you know, if they're forming a genuine connection or if Ellie's sort of like grooming Oscar to become like her next victim. Um, and also like, in the fact that he's also dealing with being bullied, you you don't know where that's going to go and how, and how Ellie might get involved in that. So it's a really interesting uh, take on, um, on, on, on vampire lore. And um, and it has like this dark, oppressing mood and it's like and it's and it's so much so that like even even in, in the daytime where it's like nothing but snow and ice, like it's it's just as foreboding as all of the night scenes. And it's it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting take and I and I really enjoy it. Um it was actually one of my favorite films of that year in two thousand eight. Um I, I did hear a lot of good things about the American remake that came out in uh, ten years ago called Let Me In and that was with uh Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, it's actually got pretty good reviews, but I've never uh, had a chance to see it. I know it was directed by Matt Reeves, uh, who um, directed The um, uh, Dawn, of, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, yes. and, and the upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Uh, so I'll definitely check out the American remake um, uh, uh, eventually. But but yeah, let the right one in, like the original Swedish version. That one is really interesting if you want something different in the vampire uh, genre. Yeah.
1: yeah. Now, have you seen, um, speaking of vampires, um, th- there are two I've got for you, um, 30 days a night.
0: I've never seen it, but I've wanted to. Oh,
1: it's, it's, it, it it's, um, f- for me, like a lot of what I like about horror is the, um, claustrophobic feeling, mm-hmm. like, like everything's just kind of slowly caving in on you Mm -hmm. and um it it takes place in alaska and um it's just very you know sometimes they're inside sometimes they're outside but even when they're outside it feels like they're in a cage almost it feels like everything's just kind of um going in the vampires are are just eerie um it's pretty intense um it's interesting and uh dark and even the way they shoot it i think the way they shoot it it's kind of like the lighthouse it's got that like mm, black and white kind of grayish feel to it yeah but it is it is um and the lead vampire the russian vampire like he's russian but Mm -hmm. uh he's perfect perfect and the other one is um luke evans is that his name he was uh, in on um, *The Hobbit*. Uh,
0: uh, Luke second. Evans.
1: Can't I can Can't think the actor. He played Dracula.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Luke Evans played Dracula. It was in *Dracula Untold*.
1: It, yes, I saw that movie a few years ago, and I, I like that take. Um, I think it was uh, well done, mm-hmm. um, and it was it just had the right kind of uh, horror to it. It okay. fit perfectly, it wasn't forced. Um I just really enjoyed like that kind of it flowed so well. Mm. Um and like I said it was a good take on Dracula and see you were talking about vampires and like that just it just came like right right to me when you said that. But, like of all yeah. the vampire movies I've seen, that one just mm. jumped right out at me.
0: Oh yeah. And um and and from what I understand, uh, Dracula Untold originally was also going to be like the the planned uh, launch of um, of a new of a new universe, shared universe of like of the classic Universal monsters, like you yep. know Invisible Man and you know the Mummy and so forth. Um, I know that they got it, uh, Universal Studios got it as far as the Mummy for their Dark Universe, but then the Mummy flopped and they just they just abandoned ship. Yeah.
1: Did you see the Mummy?
0: Um, I didn't see the Tom Cruise one on, uh, but I heard, but I heard like more negative things than good.
1: I think, um, you heard right. Um, I don't, I don't want to blame Tom Cruise for it. Um, but I think when you take a high priced actor and stick him in a film, people want to see them win. Mm -hmm. Um, like I remember, you know, end of days with Schwarzenegger when Mm -hmm. he died. Yeah. Everyone was like, oh, "They killed Arnold." But it, mm. it's like, "Good. Good. You know what? We need that." And I think Tom Cruise being who he was in that movie, they forced too many big names in that movie. Mm. And they could have gotten by with without that. They didn't need all the big names. They could have I think they might have had a better reaction had they not had to appease the the you know, the billion-dollar celebrity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And plus, like, you know, like other like Universal Studios, it was clear that they were inspired by uh, Disney Marvel's uh, cinematic universe model and they tried to replicate yep. it. And, you know, it, was, it just didn't work.
1: Right. Yeah. I guess Russell Russell Crowe was in it yeah. and he was I, I think his character was Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. And he was supposed to be the one that was going to go from movie to movie to movie, tying yeah. them all together. Yeah. He was gonna be like the, the Stan the Stanley type of thing. hmm.
0: So Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And uh yeah, and also um another another uh really good horror film which which I feel is a, is a is a somewhat somewhat underrated. Um came out in two thousand seven, uh based on one of Stephen King's uh, uh uh novels. Um it's uh stars Thomas Jane and an ensemble cast. Came out in two thousand seven is- Yes. The mist
1: what an awesome movie
0: yeah yes this this movie was, was it was it was an incredible uh horror feature man like like I, I lo- like it 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 was just terrifying on all fronts, like you have all of these people trapped in this super in this supermarket and it's and it's just nothing but fog and mist outside and which conceals all these like giant horrendous alien uh creatures. Which is just killing killing everybody left and right, but the real monsters you can you can say were inside the store when you had uh Marsha Gay Harden's character who oh, was like this man. Yes. this Christian fundamentalist who who was like who was stirring up nothing but hysteria and hate among the people so the survivors in the store and she started like she started like forming her own cult and it became like group against group and like you started to wonder okay. So are, are, are your chances of survival are, are they going to increase if you go outside the store with those with those ginormous aliens or are you going to take your chances in the store either way it's like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place and it's all deadly and she,
1: she was so, excuse me she was yeah. like the Kai Wynn from Deep Space Nine
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that, that she, uh, nurse Ratchet on One uh, Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that yes. actress Louise Fletcher yes. she was like that in that movie she, it was just like I just, like, every time I see that movie, I think of Louise Fletcher in both those roles because she's just, you just hate her so much, mm-hmm. and oh, you, spot on, I mean, Mosh Gay Harden was, like, that mm. was, yeah, the real <laughs> monster, yes.
0: Yeah, and, and then, like, and then, and then I won't spoil it, but I gotta say, the ending was bold, that was oh bold, God. that was, it was such a gut punch, like, Oh my god. What? <laughs> what? Yes.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And, uh, and you know what the
1: the ironic thing is? Um that movie had Carol, Dale, and um Laurie from from The Walking Dead, th- the yes. three of them. Yep. I think it was Was it Laurie?
0: Yeah, I believe um, it was Laurie. Yeah. She's not like,
1: the white Laurie, the other one? What was her name? Um um
0: I, I think I know who you're talking about. Like she was only in like the first two, three
1: seasons? She's a blonde lady. Yeah, I can't yeah. think of her name, but yeah. So yeah, the three of them were in it. And I was like, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, hey, she's in the Walking Dead. Hey, he's in the Walking Dead. Hey, she's in the Walking Dead. Yep. And so yeah, that was definitely yes, a bold ending to say the least. Mm. Um, that that was one of those you just, um. E- yeah it's like leaving
0: las vegas you leave the movie
1: and you're like wow -hmm. i'm
0: depressed yeah yeah but it was like man you it's like wow i i knew i we watched something special like even though you came out feeling down in the dumps it's like wow it was worth it and plus like the plus on the blu-ray too there's even like a black and white version um so so it actually looks pretty cool um but, yeah, like The Mist, definitely an underrated feature. Um, Frank Darabont, the director of um, *Schwarzenegger Redemption, also directed this. Um, and, and also, too, he, I think he was a showrunner for The Walking Dead the first season, I believe, too. So another Walking Dead connection right there. So, yeah, The Mist. That's cool. Oof. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that definitely has one of those. Um, yeah, that's like a, yeah, yeah that, that's just, yeah, hmm. good choice. Yeah. (laughs) Good choice. Um, So speaking of Stephen King,
0: uh,
1: I'm going to jump to probably this. This this was the movie. This was the movie that got me um, into horror. Um, My sister, who's 12 years older than me, Mm -hmm. picked me up at a baseball game. And I was little league, so I was in probably third or fourth grade. And her and her friends wanted to go see movies at the drive-in. This was the the rustic right after it stopped doing porno. And it was just doing its regular movies. And we went to go see a double feature. And um, she was stuck babysitting me. So I ended up going. And the main movie was Halloween. John Carpenter's Halloween. Mm -hmm. Which was scary. But that was not the movie that scared me. Um, The movie that scared me was the one that opened up before it.
0: Carrie. yeah, that's a
1: holy classic. crap! Picture being what, like ten years old, mm-hmm. and seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Stephen King nails it, and what I think makes this movie so good is the brilliant casting of Sissy Spacek. Yes, because she is so scary, homely emaciated like she just looks like death Mm. and you know she's so skinny and she's so pale and the freckles and she has those eyes Mm -hmm. and it's like holy crap and like it just yeah that was the movie that got me and then that the ending when the the, you know the hand that was the first time they ever did anything like that Mm -hmm. and that that was just I had nightmares about that. Okay. So um, that Stephen King story was the thing that got me into horror. And that movie, like I watch Carrie, even today, you know, some 40 years later, I still get that feeling. in mm. Like that eerie feeling inside of me that, you know, this is really creepy. Mm. And Sissy Spacek is probably, you know, people talk about Michael Myers and Pinhead and Freddy Krueger and, you know Chucky and G- the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers, which is another great series. Um, the guy from Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Sissy Spacek's character, Carrie, mm-hmm. is just just crazy scary.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and just like just like her eyes too. Like it's just, she just looks otherworldly, you know. And then with the classic you know image of her with the with the pig's blood. Uh, yes. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, and and plus like uh, another good piece of casting was uh, her mother uh, Piper Laurie, who was just the worst. <laughs> it was like yeah. completely fueling her, like just her evil, like unwittingly, and yeah, definitely, now, definitely one of Brian De Palma's best.
1: Now you're 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 younger than me, but at the time when that came out. Eight is enough was on, which is a a, a wholesome family TV show, mm-hmm. and the the gym teacher, the one that cared about her, the mm-hmm. one that got the sign cut in half, yeah, that was the mother on Eight is Enough. Oh, so okay. you have this like, you have this wholesome mother that, you know, you're used to seeing her in this this. You know, family of eight taking care of this family, Mm -hmm. and she's the school teacher in this horror movie, and she dies like one of the worst deaths. And (laughs) you know, her only fault was she was trying to take care of this girl, and Mm -hmm. she suffers for it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that was definitely um, crazy ass stuff.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, and you know, speaking of speaking of crazy ass stuff, um, I do have uh two films, uh, one the original and one the remake uh that 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 are both landmarks in um in, in both horror and science fiction. Oh okay. T- tipped it over. Um I'm still there. Yeah, and um uh, I I only have the original version of this film, but I did, did I also saw the 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 remake in seventy eight. And that's uh Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, nice yeah and this like the i remember seeing the first seeing the uh the original 50s version um in, in a horror sci-fi class i took at uri about horror and sci-fi film and it was the first time i saw this film and it really stood out like um just the image of um all these all these like, all these humans being people being abducted and then like they're being replaced by the pod people like just completely emotionless uh shells of their former selves and then like the ho- and and the 50s version was like a was like a kind of like a an allegory of like the red scare of like the communist witch hunts at the time and you know like how the the pot people were representative of those people being you know hunted down and prosecuted um like in mccarthyism and th- and that classic ending where um kevin mccarthy like he's screaming in traffic he's like you're next you're next you're next and then and uh and then you had like the um, the 1978 version a remake uh starring Donald Sutherland uh directed by Philip Kaufman that film actually took was like it was a really effective remake which is just as good as the original and it and it made the and it took like the the whole concept of the pod people to more horrifying uh dimensions like there was like one image of just seeing the image of like Donald Sutherland's um character uh being cloned uh by one of the by one of the vines that touches his skin and then like the the pod starts forming forming him and like you see like this hor- horrifying like birth scene of like his clone and then he has to kill it and then and then like there was like one image that that really that really like spooked me was of um of the of the dog with the human face <laughs> and, oh, not- that that shit freaked me out man I, cuz i was it caught me so off guard and and then like um and then like the ending the classic ending too where um uh, that that image of Donald Sutherland pointing at the camera with that with that horrendous alien scream going oh! and then oh man it it was it was definitely one of the strongest remakes I've seen of 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 of, a, of any film oh look there's your dog <laughs> Puggy oh uh, uh, what's his name Puggy Puggy
1: oh Puggy
0: oh so I told
1: you we might get a visitor
0: oh nice look at look at Puggy. Looking all, looking all adorable on the camera, so he's uh, a ham. <laughs> so yeah, like, um, so yeah, just just imagine, just imagine Puggy with like with like your face on. <laughs> that would just be like, huh? Huh? What? Yeah, it's like that. So. So, yeah, like, both both versions uh, of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original um, 50s version from 50, 1956 and the 78 version, excellent companion pieces, and, like, you okay. can't go wrong with either one. Like, have, have you seen either yeah. one? I,
1: I've seen the second one. Okay. I th- I've seen the second one a couple times. The first one I only saw once. Okay. So, and it, yeah, they're, they're definitely, um, like you said, the dog in the – I, I you know, I like some horror movies that just leave that impression. Something yeah. something that sticks out and and um holds you um and, and um you know, I have I have one similar to that and it's um
0: Oh the terrifier.
1: Art the clown. Okay. And, you know, everybody fears clowns, you know, people have their, their, their fear. And like, you know, I loved it, but I felt like the first, the first movie was great. And then the second one, because you knew what he was, the second one wasn't as scary Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as the first one. Uh, Art is just evil. And you don't really know what he is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And have you seen it?
0: Um, I haven't seen the Terrifier, no. But I've heard of it, it, like, years ago.
1: It is. It is. Cr- it, it's, it's awesome. It's great mm-hmm. horror. But there's a scene where he walks into this pizza place, and these two girls are there, and he's all, like, trying to be cute. Mm-hmm. And he is so creepy looking. <laughs> and you see it, and you're like, <laughs> and it leaves such an image like I just – when I think of that movie, all – there are two things and I can't talk about the other one because it is like one of the most brutal deaths I've ever seen in a movie. Mm. Um, but that scene when he sits there and he's just like trying to flirt with the girls mm. and he's just – because he's so creepy looking, it's like holy crap. <laughs> so that that was one of my uh, like really eerie, creepy – Movies, you got to check that one out if you if you like horror, and it's it's a lot like along the, the slasher yep. genre. Okay. Um, but it's 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 hard to explain. It it, it it's glory, and mm. it it's but he is so. Just the way he looks mm-hmm. is so creepy that it's perfect.
0: Hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll I will definitely add that to the queue. I'll I'll, I'll definitely check it out.
1: Yeah. I'm going to have you full of queues.
0: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. I yeah, I'm always on the hunt for for good for good films, especially like in in horror and sci-fi, so yeah, the more the merrier. And uh and also like an, another another uh, interesting horror feature which came out in 2016 is a very unique feature. It's from the director of The Lighthouse. And this is actually his first feature. Uh, prior to the prior to the lighthouse, and it's uh, a New England folktale called "The Witch." Yeah, have you seen? Have you ever seen "The Witch," Jim?
1: No, I. Vanessa, you've seen it, right? The Witch? Yeah. yeah, my girlfriend's seen it. Okay. I haven't.
0: Yeah, "The Witch" it's a it's a remarkable gem of a horror film. Like it takes place in um in like the 1600s, um so it's like um 17th century uh, New England and it's about this uh this religious family that's been you know ostracized by their village um because like their father wants to practice like his own brand of uh religion presumably christianity and it's like too much for uh, it's a, it's a different standard than like the, what the uh, other puritans are used to so he's so him and his family they 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 leave their village and they decide to build a new home a new farm like on the edge of these woods and um and uh and one day like the 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 daughter played by Anya Anya Taylor Joy um she's like you know uh, over over you know kind of like taking care of her baby brother and um she's playing peekaboo with her with this infant her baby brother and then like when she's like peekaboo and then all of a sudden she see, she realizes that her her baby brother's disappeared nowhere to be found it's like he was mysteriously snatched up and then and then um, you see you see what happens there, and then and then you see her young her other younger brother um, find his way in, in the in these mysterious woods, and he's seduced by this woman who is presumably the witch. And then then things start to unravel, like like um, you you start to see like these strange and disturbing occurrences happen. Um, they have a goat which they name Black Philip. And Black Phillip starts starts you know acting weird, and then like you you're not sure if like he's 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 being possessed, and you don't know if it's all in, all in their all in their uh, minds because like because their religious beliefs are so extreme um, that you don't know if like they're kind of playing tricks on them tricks on their own minds or if these things are happening to them or a bit of both um the film does uh, uh Robert Eggers, who directed the film he does such an excellent job of establishing setting and mood and even and even the in even the dialogue uh in the film uh even the dialogue is is very period specific so much like the lighthouse um you have like the characters speaking in that um old english uh old old english uh dialect and um so it's all it's all sorts of like this thou prithee and thou forth and um and it really immerses you in that setting and and yeah man like and when it when it gets to the and when when it gets to the ending where you see where you see how things resolve you're you're just left just feeling completely completely shaken and and you're not you're not sure what to make of it and it, it kind of like brings up you know in, images of like you know salem witch trials and things like that and yeah, it, it was a de- it was one hell of a debut feature from Robert Eggers, and and I, and I know that he just he just finished uh, another horror film which is going to come out next year. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does next because he's between this and The Lighthouse, he's been an effective, you know, uh, director and auteur in the horror genre. But yeah, check it That's out, right. the, the Witch, it's well worth the Witch. it. I'm sure uh,
1: Vanessa will want to watch it again, so yeah. we can probably do that. Um. Uh, so you're familiar with Eli Roth, right? Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you seen The Green Inferno?
0: Oh, I haven't seen it, but I've heard a lot about it. I've oof. I've heard like yeah. it, like a mix of like revulsion and then like utter contempt. Like it's a whole mixed bag from what I hear. You
1: there's there's um you, you know there's a point where you say he actually went there Mm. and um, he actually went there. He, he probably did one of the most um, well for a civilized culture. He probably did one of the most disgusting things you could see in a Mm. movie. Um, you know, the green inferno is about cannibalism Mm -hmm. roughly. Mm. Um, these people are like, um, you know, they're save the world people, save the forest, mm-hmm. and they're going on this expedition. The plane crashes or, or it lands, like, I don't remember, but they get lost in the woods and these this tribe finds them and lunch. Cool. Um, but the only thing is the tribe thrives because they have kids. Mm -hmm. And, well, kids got to eat, too.
0: Oh. oh. (laughs) He
1: he went there.
0: Oof. Uh,
1: So so when I – like, that's, again, it's like that D. Schneider movie, Strangeland. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you see something and you you can never unsee it. And the movie might not be spectacular. It's like the human centipede. You know, it's not spectacular, but the premise – of it and just seeing that Mm. it it just sticks with you and it makes you you know always think of that when Mm. someone says centipede i think of the human centipede (laughs) well when you know when i hear inferno i always go to green inferno and i think of that scene because it is so eerie and creepy wow so yeah
0: yeah so it kind of sounds like um um, Eli Roth sort of like did his own version of that that '70s uh, horror film Cannibal Holocaust, which I haven't seen, but I heard it was like one of the most no- notorious uh, yes. examples. He,
1: he brought comparisons to that. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like, like, yes. have, have, have you seen Cannibal Holocaust? I'm curious cause, no. yeah, I I don't know if I have it in me to see it, because <laughs> from what I hear, like the, from the reputation of that film alone, it's like. I think that that might be beyond the pale even for me, and I've seen a lot of stuff. So yeah. <laughs> Green Inferno sounds like it's a is along those same lines. Um yes. I, see, I see that Nick Quatrini in the comments says that he saw it and he liked it. So I don't know. I'm, I'll I'll give it a shot if I'm in the right mood and right frame of mind. But um I don't know if I will be able to live with myself afterwards, but
1: if you if you I I suggest you be in a um if you find yourself in a uh disney little mermaid kind of mood Mm. watch it okay but if you're having a bad day Mm. or if you're in like a a halloween type of mood Mm. don't watch it Mm. um it is it is deep
0: and Mm. it's dark Mm. so okay interesting interesting yeah uh so yeah sounds like fun for the whole family Um, oh yeah absolutely And uh, and speaking of families, um, I do have another uh, uh, a good really good horror film which came out in 2014. Uh, it's a popular um, Australian uh, horror feature directed by Jennifer Kent. Uh, it's called The Babadook. Yeah. Um, oh, there he is. Uh, have you have you have you seen it, Jim? Are you familiar with The Babadook?
1: Why that that's another one that sounds familiar. I might have seen it.
0: Yeah, the Babadook gets a really interesting feature. It stars at uh, Essie Davis. Um, she plays this uh, single mother uh, to this uh, seven-year-old boy, and, um, and 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 her son is like pretty emotionally and mentally troubled, and um, you know, and and one day, like to to kind of like calm him down, like she 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 comes across this uh, children's book called the Babadook, and uh, you know she brings it home and she reads it to her son, and um, as soon as she does that. The Babadook creature comes to life, and it's like this weird, tall, cloaked figure with like a top hat and like this like weird mask-like smile, and um and and it continue and it continues to haunt and torment both the mother and the son. But when the mother tries to uh, alert other people about the Babadook's presence, like she's regarded as a crazy person because nobody can see her, nobody knows what she's talking about. And so, like the film is kind of kind of touches on like you know like grief because like she's a she's a single mom because of like personal tragedy, Um, touches on like the the horrors and like hardships of being a parent, especially being a single parent uh, to a troubled child. Um, It 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 plays on those fear those parental fears combined with like the tangible raw fear of this creature haunting them, and like and and, like the creature the creature even sounds terrifying. It goes like. Ba Duke, and then like you hear like loud thumping, and then like things go bump in the night, and it, it and, it, and it's just, it just puts you on the edge of your seat. So it was real. It was a real effective horror film. Um, definitely one of the best films of, of best horror films of the last decade, in my opinion. Critically acclaimed. Um, it's definitely worth watching if you can check it out. Like it should be available on like several streaming platforms. Uh, the I, I feel
1: like I've seen previews for it or something because that definitely um definitely rings a bell yeah um so i mean i might have like i i know i've seen even the i've, I've definitely seen the previews for it because that really sounds um very very familiar
0: oh yeah So. oh yeah yeah so yeah the babadook definitely check that out like it's it's real it's real interesting definitely one of my favorite horror films of the last uh decade
1: so when you when you look for horror, what 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 would you say you prefer? Like like the mist with the human horror, or like the slasher Michael Myers and Jason, or like the supernatural like Pinhead and the Wishmaster, um, or you know the monster like the Alien. Um, mm-hmm. What what would you say you would lean towards as, as your
0: favorite. Hmm. Um I would say I, I definitely lean towards the like the human, like the human horror and also like the uh, also monsters as well. Um there's there's like there's something about like both both uh both types of horror that, that I gravitate towards. Like um, like with human horror it's like like the like the real horror is like within us. Um and then when you combine that with like say monster uh like monsters um it, it sort of like plays on like the true horrors of humanity like what we're really capable of and the monster just brings that out and then like and then the monster itself like I'm fascinated by like the psychology of it like from the design to like its its motivations like the nature of it like it, and its own logic and why it does what it does um and also like I, I also like monsters that I wish in wish the background of the monster is like either very limited or just like completely unknown like you just you just see it as like a force of nature that you can't control and if you if you come across it then you either have to do your best to survive or you die like for example that's why like the the xenomorph is like one of my all-time favorite uh horror horror creatures because like it's a parasite like it, 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 it 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 the queen lays its eggs you come across the egg then it's like the face the face hugger then a chestburster comes out it grows into the alien and you die and and, yeah um and 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 even even though like uh films like prometheus and alien covenant uh gave back unnecessary backstory uh to the xenomorph i still look at the xenomorph as as that mysterious force of nature that is you can't explain it um you can't reason with it you can't bargain with it it just is and if you come across it then you'd better you better run you better fight it or you die.
1: Like a great white shark.
0: Yeah, yep, like like jaws, you know? Yep.
1: It just eats, swims, sleeps yeah. and has babies.
0: Yep. <laughs> to, yep, brings more man-eaters out there.
1: Yeah. So I I like the Jeepers Creepers, the Creeper because it's just like what you were saying, it doesn't really have a great backstory, which is perfect. It's just intense, it's creepy. So so I, I get that. Um, so you, all right, so I'm, I'm kind of glad what you said, what you said. Have you ever seen the movie The Devil?
0: The Devil? No. It, was that the one that took place on an elevator? Yeah, with M.I. M- M- Shyamalan. No, I haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard a lot about it.
1: Did you hear good things or bad?
0: I heard a mix of both. Like, I heard that, uh, I think I think more, more of the negative was because Shyamalan produced it. And at the time, Shyamalan made a string of bad movies, so like it was guilt by association, so uh, that kind of like discouraged me from watching it. But it's really good. Okay.
1: It's it's um. It, it's about humanity, like like honestly, it's 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 about humanity and paying for your sins. Mm. Uh, it's it's and it's for me, it's it's in an elevator, so it's that. That claustrophobic feeling again—that just a good horror story makes you feel like everything is closing in on you—and
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's why I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Very good, very good
0: movie. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, uh, watch that as well. Yeah,
1: it's 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 worth it. So, what about the omens?
0: Uh, the omens—I've uh, seen the first omen, the original um, with Gregory Peck. Um, that one, that one, I really enjoyed. Uh, the little boy yeah um yeah Damien. It's like, good god man it's like how do you, how do you tackle that evil if it's in the form of a form of a kid who's basically the antichrist, and it's like, what becomes of that kid if he grows older like what do you do then?
1: oh yeah, and he becomes president of the United States,
0: wow. Gosh, I mean he probably would do better, but he you know, probably won't go there but
1: i, w- I wonder if he was the forty fifth president I don't know <laughs> um, but in in um it it's because it's a trilogy, but yeah, that kid is like, and you know it's it's like um you know you don't see too many Damien kids anymore. the name is kinda vanished, mm. I mean. I think I've only, I only know one Damien since that movie. And that was a, a hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the, for the most part, you don't hear the name Damien anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's like a character that really killed the name. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, pure evil. It was pretty wild.
0: Yeah. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and a classic as well. Um, All right. Yeah. And, uh, and also speaking of classics, um, I uh, also one of my favorite films which came out um which, which came out on Blu-ray a few years ago in a, in a nice restored print um on Blu-ray it's uh David Argento's 1977 uh classic uh Suspiria Yep also comes with like a nice uh nice st- nice steelbook right there design cool um, have you you seen, like your steel books? Oh yeah, yeah. There's something about steel books Like it they, they go the extra mile with the artwork and it just like adds that pizzazz uh to my collection yeah. on the shelf. Um but yeah, Suspiria, it's a it's it's a really it's a it's a gorgeous looking horror film, uh, first off. Like like just like the use of like saturated colors uh throughout the film. Um also the the score as well is also uh pretty clever. Um uh, the the film Suspiria, it's um it's about this uh this this woman who goes to this uh ballerina this dance company um and um and it's in germany it's in germany she goes to this uh, dance company in germany but then like she realizes that this dance company uh is actually like um a cover for like um for like uh some sort of like supernatural witch's coven if you will and and then the main character like she's trying to figure out a way to like escape and um and, and the film does a really good job of like of like giving like showing like these like these like slasher slasher film elements and then giving like the building up that mood and tension throughout the music and the visuals and like and the plus like the ending too like the like the last act where she's like moving through this this uh, dance academy and she's seeing like one horrifying thing after another and she's being pursued like it it, it was a really good uh master uh, masterclass in like building tension uh, and in suspense um, Suspiria is definitely a really good really good film um one of the re- re- a really good example of, of the horror genre i know that um uh, back in 2018 um there was a remake of Suspiria, which wasn't more which was more like a reimagining it was like a different take on the original film and it was directed by um Luca Guadagnino like he directed uh, call me by your name and uh the HBO uh, mini we are who we are which which just came out this year um but yeah, the original Suspiria is definitely one I recommend. If you haven't seen it, you should because it's it's visually stunning and and it's and it's pretty tense.
1: I haven't seen it, so that's something to put in my queue.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, David Ar- Dario Argento, you know, is like one of the one of the luminaries of of horror films, Italian horror films as well. Yeah.
1: Do you do you um like Stephen King movies? Oh, yeah. what's, what's your what's your take like horror movies wh- which ones by him do you do you really like and which ones do you not like
0: mm. Uh for Stephen King horror movies um uh definitely like The Shining for me is is at the top of the list um like the combination of Stanley Kubrick's direction cinematography Jack Nicholson and you know uh, Shelley Duvall is just it, it, it was it was it was one of those like one of those films that like one of those horror films that, like gets under your skin and even even though Stephen King at the time of the when the film came out said that he wasn't a fan of it, um, I thought the film really did justice to his, the source material, and and like it, it's a film that's like completely unsettling. It's like one of those films that sticks in your mind after a while and you don't quite and you don't know why, and it, but you feel compelled to watch it again uh, later on. Um, yeah, so definitely the the shining um It um like well the the 2017 uh, uh edition uh which was like ch- It Chapter 1. I thought that was I thought that it did a pretty good job with um uh, Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Um I, I did I did see bits and pieces of the original It with um Tim Curry uh which which I thought was cool cool at cool at the time, but I I haven't seen the whole thing so I can't really judge it. Um but yeah. But yeah, I, I go with The Shining as like my my favorite uh, Stephen King. Horror. Now, well, are well, you we know, you...
1: The Mist is Stephen King too, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that too, that too, yeah. Um, but like, but like, but when I think of Stephen King, like, like I always think of The Shining first, because like just yeah. how just how unsettling it is. But The Mist is also uh, right up there as well. Uh, right. I, how about yourself? I mean,
1: well, I, Carrie, um, I. I like I said, I, I loved it the first one, but I think because they gave so much of what Pennywise was in the first one, the mm. second one was less frightening for me. Mm. Um, I I do I love Christine. I'm not uh, a big yeah. car guy, but mm. I love I love 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 that car, yeah. and uh, it, it just. Um, you know, it's, it's, you just know something's going to happen. It's just, it's, it was perfect. Mm. Um, it was a good, I like that a lot. Um, try to think what else, um, storm of the century.
0: I've, I've heard of that one. I haven't seen it's, it. it.
1: It's, it's not bad. it cause again, it shows you how ugly humans can be. Okay. And, uh, it's got a, it's got an interesting ending and, uh, but it definitely shows how how quickly people will turn their back on everybody mm-hmm. for themselves. So it's kind of kind of a interesting. I think that aspect of horror is is the uh, the human condition. Mm-hmm. How how much people turn and change, and how surprised you can be with people. Yeah. So it's frightening.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, and also there are. Um... There were also um, a couple other couple other Stephen King films that I that I did enjoy, um horror films. One, I mean of course, we you gotta mention uh the classic misery, you know, with Kathy Bates and James can Like oh the 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 hobbling scene. <sighs> like that man, when I first saw that, like when you saw it, like his his foot just like bent all the way inwards when she took the sledgehammer to it. Oh yeah. Good God. Good God. Like yeah. Kathy, Kathy Beast has deserved her Oscar win for that. Like she played that yes. role to a to a T. I
1: know. And tell me, every time you see her now, you don't think about that? <laughs> like every time I see her, all I think is that. I can't get that character. She is that character. Mm. So,
0: Absolutely.
1: Like for everything Jack Nicholson's done, for me, he's always gonna be uh the guy on a few good men. I don't know why. He's not the Joker. He's not, you know he you know, from from the shining, he is he is just that prick on uh, a few good men. <laughs> just certain certain characters, certain people just have that. So oh, yeah. that's a good movie, misery. Oh definitely. Did you um Maximum Overdrive by him?
0: I have not seen Maximum Overdrive.
1: Oh. So so that movie is um It's a little sci-fi-ish, but it's a horror movie, sort of. Mm -hmm. And a a rogue comet comes by the earth, and it makes all the um, mechanical things come alive. Mm -hmm. So it starts off, you know, like one of the scenes is uh, a kid's putting, a baseball coach is buying his team soda, Mm -hmm. and he goes to the soda machine, and it doesn't do anything. Then all of a sudden it starts spitting cans out, and it gets him in the head. So he's got a big head. Well, he gets him in the in the groin and that knocks him down. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But it starts off with a cameo from Stephen King. Oh, okay. And he go, he goes to the like you know, he does a lot of cameos. And he goes to the ATM and he's putting his debit card in the ATM and it says um, he's like, honey. Honey, this machine just called me an asshole, and it, the, the the little screen says you are an asshole, asshole, mm-hmm. asshole, asshole, and it's just funny. So it's got that little bit of humor in it, mm-hmm. but it's got the what if the machines came alive mm-hmm. feel to it. So it, mm-hmm. it's 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 not really a lot of people don't take it seriously. Um, it's probably you know a shame that it didn't get enough respect, but it is what it is. And it's like one of those guilty pleasure movies you watch just because you can, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of worth it, but it's not something you'd be like the first choice, unless you were like, if you really want to see kind of a, a a lighthearted horror movie, check this out.
0: Hmm,
1: So nice.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Another yet another one to uh, add to the queue. This is stacking them up, yeah. All right, and um, yeah, and, as, and also like uh, for me, um, another no, no, my, another uh, horror recommendation, my, and my last one uh, uh, for this episode, um, uh, I gotta give a shout out to uh, to Jordan Peele. Uh, Jordan Peele, he is doing magnificent work in the last couple of years in the horror genre, um, and his debut feature, we gotta mention, I gotta mention this, Get Out. You know, Get Out, which came out in 2017. Jordan Peele uh, won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Excellent uh, horror film. I I love the construction. I love the conceit. Um, And and between that and his other horror film, which came out last year, Us, um, it shows how effective horror is. And I mentioned this last week when when I was talking about uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO, uh, how horror uh, and sci-fi, they're two excellent genres that really – that can really um, highlight and explore like social themes, like in this case, like race and privilege in in a really effective manner while while also providing that sense of uh, suspense and tension and dread. Um, So it's like pretty multi-layered in terms of like the scares uh, go. And so the Get Out works on multiple layers in that respect. So like that was one of the most remarkable uh, debut features, especially in, in the horror genre as well. And um man, I, I I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jordan Peel does next uh for his for his next feature, whatever that is. I know that he um I know that he um produced uh the the latest reboot on CBS of the Twilight Zone. I heard I heard a lot of good things about that. Um I heard heard really good things about like the the first season, um which I which I still want to see, but I don't have CBS all access. Uh but I'll definitely try to find some way to watch the first season of his. But yeah, man, Get Out is definitely an excellent uh, horror feature, which is multilayered, and it's definitely one of the best horror films I've seen in the last uh, five years or so. Wow. Uh, yeah.
1: Um, uh, you know, I, I've, I've struggled with horror movies lately because I feel too many of them are coming out with that PG-13 rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people like The Quiet Place. I thought that movie sucked ass.
0: Uh, (laughs) oh man you really hated a quiet place
1: (laughs) i do you know what like don't don't do something that had such potential to be great and then freaking make it stupid like seriously you get yourself pregnant you deserve to die you know what it was already started you were in a pharmacy pick up the condoms take the pill do something but Mm -hmm. don't get yourself pregnant and you already lost a kid, and like the fact that she has this baby and the monsters she's still alive with a kid, like what like that's as dumb as Glenn from the Walking Dead hiding under a dumpster. Like
0: oh, yeah.
1: that is stupid. <laughs> and you know, so sometimes you're like, you know what, you deserve to die. Mm-hmm. Um one of the most creative horror movies I've seen, like I said, I I love the creeper because I think Jeepers creepers is, is, is original. Um, but one of my kind of, it's not really recently new, but past 20 years I thought was really, um, kind of clever and and unique was pitch black Mm. with Vin Diesel. Um, and it, it, it reminds me a lot of, of, um, it took the same path kind of as Rob Zombie's, you know, he went to House of a Thousand Corpses, which was like way to the left for like crazy insane. Then you had the Devil's Rejects, which was just insane. Mm -hmm. And then Three from Hell, which, you know, Disco Sucks came from, um, Mm -hmm. Three from Hell was just kind of like a violent movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Pitch Black was like, great monster movie and it was so um, clever and well done and dark and it just—it was characters that you could kind of like understand Mm. and I thought that the monster was great I just think the whole thing it's like don't judge a book by it's cover Mm. I loved it and then you went to like Chronicles of Riddick and Riddick and I think it just kind of it lost its its horror edge and it became more just sci-fi, um, yeah. but I, re- I really did enjoy that. Um, I thought it was it was clever, mm-hmm. um, but there is one one more movie I want to talk about. And I, you watched it, but I don't think you liked it because I let you borrow it. And mm-hmm. it's not quite horror, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. It's it's by Ray Bradbury, science fiction, mm-hmm. and it's the Illustrated Man. Yeah. Um, the old movie. Um, It's it's one of my favorite stories, but it's got that little horror edge to it about, you know, it's the guy who's covered in tattoos, except for a little spot on his body, which allows the tattoos to come to life. And they tell a story. And some of the stories are kind of uh, science fiction-y, some are kind of science fiction-y horror. And uh, if you get a chance to see it, um, it's worth it. I know you didn't, Appreciate it um, as much as I do. When I I feel like it's just got that that feel to it that I, I like. Again, it's just got that darkness. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, okay. I leave you with
0: that one. Then, yeah, yeah. I thought the Illustrated Man had a had an interesting concept. I thought that the execution didn't quite uh didn't quite work for me, but I did appreciate. Uh, uh, its concept, and I and I am a fan, fan of Ray Bradbury, especially Fahrenheit Four Fifty One. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, Jim, I think there might be a little bit of a sound issue on your end. It you kind of sound a little tinny. Um, I don't know. Do I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to fix that, but yeah. Well, well, oh well, we'll 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 make the most of it.
1: It, it might be the acoustics here.
0: Hmm. Could be kind uh, of wide open. <laughs> But uh, but yeah um I, I was gonna I was, I was gonna say too uh, uh also getting back briefly to your point about um a quiet place um like when I when I watched it like it, I thought I it was it was an enjoyable experience if you didn't think about it uh for for too much because like the because I agree with you like the the logic of the creatures kind of definitely falls apart because if the if the I mean I c- I can understand the creatures being attracted attracted to sound. And that's how they get you. But like to the point where even a whisper, even even a whisper can like can attract them to your to your to your um location. I think that's I think that was pretty implausible. I think that they could have uh, John Krasinski could have worked a little more on on the logic of that of the creatures because like because what happens if you know like your body makes noises by itself involuntarily? So what happens like if you if you have to if you have to take a dump? Like are, you, are you just, is that instant death? What if you have to cough a clear throat? throat? Instant death? You know? It's...
1: What about birds and cows and dogs? And (laughs) and crickets? Mm -hmm. Like, all of that. Like, I don't know. Like that, that, like I said. The the having the baby. And um, after it happened. Like I said, you know, it was just like... They put in the time. Day 400 and whatever and she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. Well... Clearly, she got pregnant after this started. And to me, at that point, like, you know, how they, for me, it was all of a sudden I started rooting for the monster because these people are morons and they deserve to die. Mm-hmm. Um, not to sound mean, um, but like if you're like, it's like, you know, like that. What is it? The Geico commercial where they hide behind the chainsaws and the, the guys chasing them. Yeah. And she's like, why don't we just go in the running car? And they're like, what are you, crazy? Like to me, that's what that's like. It's like, mm-hmm. well, let's just get pregnant, and have a baby, even though we know noise is going to attract them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, try, try. Even the act of sex makes noise. You know, so yeah. give me a break.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that like the, like yeah, like you said, like the the logic of the of those creatures in that respect could have been could have been uh, handled handled a lot better. Like even like just like even just like the loudest noises could attract the creatures, but like but like completely like normal level, like just normal sound, even quiet sounds, you should be fine. That way, the, that way, the universe of the film could be more plausible. Um, I, I I do know that the that the sequel uh, was supposed to come out this year, but because of the pandemic, they decided to de- de- delay it till next year. So you know we'll we'll see how the sequel turns out, but. But yeah, I agree. Like the the logic definitely falls apart. Like it's it's like I said, it's it's, it's an enjoyable film if you don't think about it too hard. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like oh, oh, but oh, yeah. But uh,
1: I, I I fear next year for movies because so many movies from twenty twenty were put are being pushed back, hmm. and then there were already movies that were supposed to be out in twenty twenty one. I think we're gonna have a short life in the theaters. I think you're going to have to really rush to see movies Mm. because they have to, and I'm feeling this way about concerts too. So many bands that were touring in 2020 are now going to tour in 2021, Mm. but there are already bands that were planned on touring in 2021. So now you're cramming so much in Mm. and I'm just kind of concerned about movies. Are they going to get pushed back or are some just going to go right to DVD and streaming? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough, tough time to catch all these movies you want to see.
0: Oh yeah, so, oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, ho- hopefully things will be be will be much better. You know, with the, you know, with the with these vaccines that are uh, coming out. Hopefully, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, so that, you know, there might be some, you know, semblance of stability in, in the theat- in the theatrical market because you know we need theaters
1: don't
0: you mean a lighthouse at the end of the tunnel ah <laughs> I, I see what you i see what you did there yes uh man but uh but yeah man um yeah we can we can clearly go like all 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 night with uh with just like trading like um horror sci-fi recommendations back and forth but uh but yeah, yeah, Jim, I'll, I'll definitely bring it back on for like a part two at some point. We can talk, shop about even more uh, uh, horror and sci-fi films that we didn't have a chance to to get in, get into. Right. Um, but yeah, just uh, a...
1: Anything, yeah. anything, just, you know, I've got my opinions, so...
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. I'll, I'll
1: bring all thousand of
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and indeed you will, indeed you will. And, uh,
1: and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the opinions of, of where you buried Carl's body. Um, because we we haven't seen Carl in a while, Victor. So well, and uh, last scene was with you. So um, well, it's not looking good for you there.
0: Well, like I said, he's in a safe place.
1: But under a lighthouse?
0: <laughs> yeah, under a, under a lighthouse, you know. Um, yeah, chilling with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Oh man. But yes, yeah, so let's uh but so yeah, before we before we get on out of here, um um I do have a uh another feature of the podcast that I that I brought in a couple weeks ago. Um and and you were there when I brought in my uh, Codex Retrospective um, where, where I uh land-based space jam again. Um but yeah, this week's Codex Codex Retrospective, it's it's horror themed, you know, as as per our episode today. And um, our retrospective uh, first takes us all the way back to December 12th, 1941, which saw the theatrical release of The Wolfman, uh, the classic Universal Monsters film directed by George Wagner, starring Lon Lon Chaney Jr. in the title role, along with Claude Rains and Bella Lugosi. Um, The the Wolfman was also followed by four sequels. Uh, Let me see, it was uh, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, uh, The House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula and Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, which was pretty pretty random, but you know it, it it was pretty popular back in its day. Um, yeah, classic features and uh and and with this codex retrospective, since we're in the month of December, interestingly, you know December is also a pretty good month for horror movies, as we'll as we'll uh, soon see. Um, so yeah, so we had the Wolfman, and then um, December twenty sixth, nineteen seventy three. We saw the theatrical release of The Exorcist. Uh, oh God! Yes, forty-seven years ago, directed by William Friedkin. Yep, um, you know Linda Blair in that iconic role. Um, Ellen Burstyn, Burstyn, um Max von Sydow. Oh man, the, just like, like the, the what's great about The Exorcist is that even though it's been parodied and re- referenced endlessly in popular culture, like the original still is still potent. Like when you watch it, like and uh, and appreciate it on its own terms as it's, as it's meant to be, like it's still pretty disturbing. Like even like the brief flashes of the of that um, Pazuzu face in the shadows, that's that's fucking creepy, man. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The Exorcist was followed by some, you know, not very good sequels, but the first film still holds up. Um. We also uh, fast forward to December ninth, nineteen eighty-three, which saw the theatrical release of Christine by John Carpenter. And interestingly, um Christine also came out in the same weekend as Terms of Endearment, which was the best picture Oscar winner, and Scarface with Al Pacino. So it was definitely an interesting uh weekend for counter programming. So you had all sorts of all sorts of films. If you if you want your if you want your, your your coke-filled Al Pacino, Tony Montana, you got that. If you want a a, a killer car, you got that. If you want you know Shel- if you want um, Shirley MacLaine and Jack Nicholson, you got that too. So that was an interesting weekend for movies. Um, let me see, December twenty third, nineteen eighty eight, we saw the theatrical release of Hellbound: Hellraiser Two, um, directed by Clive Barker. Um, interestingly, like I still haven't seen any of the Hellraiser movies. Um, even though like um, the first film is available for streaming, um, like it's, I just I, I always thought that the, the, that pinhead was just a really cool visually, um, but I'm I'm gonna sit down and, and watch it at some point soon. Uh, oh yeah, what's up, Jim?
1: Yeah, Doug Bradley is He he is a great actor, and um, I've had the pleasure of meeting him twice, and we've talked about um, the Hellraises and stuff like that. And, you know, um, they definitely, um, the first three agree and the others are okay. Um, there are some high moments and some low moments. Lance Hedrickson's in one of them. Um, Craig Sheffer shows up in another one. Um, but I feel like um, Andrew Robinson um, plays Garrick in Deep Space Nine. He's in one of them, too. Um, you, you have a lot of good Um, storytelling, and again it's it's that that claustrophobic feeling, but Pinhead talks eloquently, and and he doesn't he's not a clown like Freddy Krueger he's not a toy like Chucky, and he's not like um, brainless like, I mean, Michael and Jason are great, I prefer Michael over Jason, but what's 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 like the motivation to just keep going it's like they're like machines they're like great white sharks too Mm um but pinhead when he talks he's so eloquent he chooses his words so wisely and he he lets you know that you're gonna feel the pain Mm. and um yeah he's hell's high priest and he's it's it's good um like i said it's one of my favorites uh and I, I don't really don't want to talk too much, like I told you before. But uh, yeah, Hellraiser Pinhead is definitely
0: my favorite. yeah hmm. no, interesting. I like.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, but awesome. again,
1: it's a, it's a Clive Barker thing. So, he he's the one that got me into Clive
0: Barker. So. Okay. okay. Nice. Awesome. So yeah, uh, so yeah, Hell so yeah, Hell, Hellraiser two was there. Um, also, a couple more December releases. Uh, December twentieth, nineteen ninety six we saw the, the theatrical release of Scream by Wes Craven. Um, you know, the Scream was very popular at its time. Um, it was a meta meta example of the horror genre, making fun of the horror film tropes. It also was pretty iconic in giving us the ghost face killer, that iconic mask uh, that was parodied endlessly also in popular culture. Um, for me, Scream, the first Scream is the best one easily. And then like the the... The sequels was like pretty much like the law of diminishing returns, uh, but the first film is pretty much where it was at, and I think that for me, the first film was all that we really needed, but I'm not mad, at, I'm not mad that we have the sequels too. Um, interestingly, uh, the, uh, according to Wikipedia, um, Scream uh, received uh, $173 million worldwide, and it became the highest grossing slasher film until 2018, with the release of the 2018 remake of Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and also, it's, Scream still remains the highest-grossing slasher film in adjusted dollars. So adjusted for inflation, Scream remains the highest-grossing horror film, slasher film of all time. Um, and, and like I said, Scream was also credited with uh, revitalizing uh, the horror genre in, in the 90s when, at the time, we were bombarded with like unnecessary sequel after sequel of like franchises, and Scream kind of brought things back to basics. So... Right. So, yeah, definitely. Scream,
1: Scream kind of, you know, you're going to laugh. For some reason, every time I think of Scream, Scooby-Doo comes to my mind, and I don't know why, hmm. but it just, maybe it's the teenagers. I I, I don't know, but it just kind of has that, like, you know, the mask. It's not really something, it's, it's, it's somebody else. I don't know. It just, it always kind of just, I feel like Scooby-Doo inspired Scream. Hmm. I, I I'm probably wrong hmm. but it just feels like that to me
0: hmm. yeah, that's kind of interesting like 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 uh, that that's some, that to my ten connection with like the teenagers in scooby-doo and the teenagers in scream okay uh, uh,
1: and like, the, the math like it being someone yeah they knew yeah.
0: yeah 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 and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids yes <laughs> Yeah, okay. So yeah, sc- yeah, yeah. Scream, and um, also last but not least, uh, December fourth, twenty fifteen, uh, we saw the theatrical release of the Christmas horror-themed film Krampus, uh, directed by Michael Dougherty. Uh Krampus, I have not seen. I thought it was pr- it looked pretty interesting in the trailers, but uh, I haven't had a chance to see it. But being a Christmas-themed horror film, I figure you know we kind of can kind of mention it since we're in the month of December. Um, I
1: found a Krampus DVD at um Dollar Tree for a buck. Oh, really? I th- I don't know if they, it's a sequel, I don't know if it's the original one or if it's part 2, but mm-hmm. I definitely did f- I have it. It's at my house. I haven't watched it yet. I just got it like last week. Okay. So nice. I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, let me know how it goes. <laughs> so so yeah. So yeah, um yeah, that's uh that's pretty much it. That's our uh, retrospective uh for for this week. Uh once again, Jim, uh thank you so much for uh you know joining me on this on this week's episode. Uh always glad to have you aboard.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah.
0: And and absolutely. And um and also and as always, um, thank you all so much for watching and listening. Um uh, you can catch uh, all of our episodes of the Codex Prime Podcast and Victor's Corner uh, every week on Facebook Live on Tuesday, Tuesday evenings around eight-ish. Um and uh, also, you can find uh, us on social media on uh, Twitter at Codex Prime Cast, as well as Instagram at Codex Prime Podcasts. You can also find all of our episodes on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and of course Spotify. And wherever you can find podcasts, just type in our name. You can find it, find Codex Prime Podcast, You can find us there. Um, you can also follow me on social media on Twitter and Instagram. At Victor Omoyo um, on my Instagram, um, I also post um, uh, photos of uh, films from my DVD, for my DVD and Blu-ray collection, and I also have a, a Friday feature called Do the Film Thing Fridays, where I highlight films by uh, filmmakers of color as well as like independent features and international releases. So check that out, and um, and yeah, that's pretty much all I got on my end. Um, like I said, uh, once again, Jim, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I will see you next week. Well, or whenever, rather. Well, we'll, we'll yes. keep in touch. Yes. We'll and, see you
1: in the movies.
0: Yes, we will see you in the movies. And also, people, be sure to pick up your copy of Hellion issue five digitally and also a hard copy when it releases you said next week, Jim?
1: Well, you'll be able to order it next week. Order it. I'm next getting week, in the um I'm getting in the uh my copies. So I'm getting a couple of ones to show out, so they'll be available next week pretty much to
0: order. So Ah, terrific. Awesome so yes uh once again thank you all so much for watching thank you all for listening and as always we will catch you on the flip peace out nerds
1: amen later brother
0: yes